You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, everybody. It is Wednesday night, November 30th. You heard me right. November 30th. November is officially come to a close. My God, this year is just burnt right past us. We're heading right into Christmas season. I hope everybody had an awesome and thanks, uh, safe Thanksgiving. Uh, I, this is the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, part of the Chairshot Radio Network. You can find us on thechairshot.com. I am your host, the man with the award-winning beard. My name is DJ. I'm going to go around the room and introduce this cast of characters we've got on here tonight, starting with a man hailing from the Purple Haze and Cloud Nine, Bucky's tag team partner, a man destined to go through a barbershop window, my friend, Jason. How are you, sir? I am wonderful, my friends. It is just another day, glorious day in this, the reign of our tribal chief. And I probably, I think I'm going to add a little bit more here as we go through the holidays. Okay. Retail worker, because I think that deserves yeah. some 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 uh, some acknowledgement. Thank you, sir. Retail worker, Jason. <laughs> Don't treat your Thank retail you. workers like shit this holiday season, folks. That's Don't right. Don't treat them like shit. And last but never, ever, ever least, the Minister of Truth, the father of facts and figures, the deacon of data, the official shoot bear of the Mindless Wrestling Podcast, and the man with the golden shovel from the Rob the Genius Podcast, Mr. Rob, sir, thank you for coming on again tonight. Oh, thank you. And speaking of shoot bears, we must celebrate the announcement, the, the trailer for Cocaine Bear. My God, that looks like a fever dream. <laughs> I I can't believe that's actually real, but in the year 2022, I actually kind of can. Honest to God, I thought it was a rib when you guys first, what was it, like six months ago or something like that? We were joking about they made an announcement. Um, and it, looking at the trailer, it would not surprise me if it only took them six months to conceive, film, and, you know, post, post-produce post that, that thing. Now, it's inspired by true events. Which means oh. that probably like 95% of the movie is stuff that they made up. <laughs> right. A bear got into cocaine, it attacked one person, and that was the end of it. And, and now suddenly it's a bear on the loose terrorizing a town, right? Exactly. Oh, doing yeah. li- and doing lines every 15 minutes, apparently. <laughs> yeah. 
that's 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 worth the price of Peacock alone. I hope that Absolutely. ends up on Peacock before the end of next. I don't know February. So I guess it's worth the price just to see Cocaine Bear. Anyway, like you said, we have just come out of Thanksgiving, which means we have just come out of the annual Thanksgiving tradition. WWE presents Survivor Series this year. War Games. Nowhere near as good as Alicia Taylor or William Regal. Sorry, that's the best I got, folks. But uh, we did the pre-show last week. We're going to kind of run. We're not going to go down the whole card. I just want to talk about the show in general here. Maybe pick apart a few things. Um, I got to be honest. This was, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. But I don't think it was a top five pay-per-view for a premium live event, Deej. Premium live event. I got used to saying that. Uh, I don't think it was a top five for me, guys. Uh, Jason, just like I said, not the card itself, but just in general. You you were there live. This is why I'm starting with you. What did you think about the overall show? And then we'll, we'll get into more of your live experience in a few minutes. The overall show felt like a very, very good pay-per-view for WWE standards. Now, I've been to a WrestleMania. I've been to a uh, Royal Rumble. Obviously, even in the... The big four, those Survivor Series nowadays is definitely number four of the big four. Um, and hopefully they're trying to resurrect, trying to, you know, mix them up a little bit. But in any case, it and I know people were going on about the crowd and I will be the first person to tell you that was a, for Boston. I'm usually pretty like, yeah, Boston, we had a good crowd. Did that come through on TV? Did that sound good? Because it sounded great. I'll tell you, it was a C plus for Boston. We were they were just not into most of it. Everyone got up for the stuff you're supposed to. Obviously, war games and the big spots and, you know, things like that. But, for yeah, for, it was a tepid crowd for Boston. I wouldn't – I wouldn't – that wouldn't discourage me from coming back or anything like that because otherwise they, we have a pretty sterling record when it comes to um, – A what? Yeah, we'll get to that in a minute. We, uh, we were in an interesting section. That's what I'll leave it at. Um, but yeah, overall it was it, no. It definitely didn't feel like the Rumble, or it didn't feel like um, WrestleMania. But probably, at least during the War Games matches, it was one step below that. And then everything else, it was just a very, very, very good SmackDown or Raw or a B pay per view. Okay, Rob, your general thoughts on the show before we actually start, you know, picking apart certain things. Um, good but not great. I, I don't think they've really had a bad premium live event this year um there's there's i'd say for this year's premium live events if i had to grade them in general it would be will i watch this again or won't i watch this again um and i think this one is kind of borderline because yeah i mean it's it's yeah this one's kind of borderline and and leaning towards no probably um and it just you know it yeah, good but not great. It wasn't bad by any stretch, except for in a few places I would not call it bad at all. Um, but am I going to be in a hurry to go back and watch this one again? Probably not. It was bad in one spot, I'll tell you. Oh, well, yeah, we're going to get there. But it was bad, and I, I you know, I'm just yeah, saying. We're going to get to that in a few minutes. Um, in general, I thought it was fine. Um, there were a couple things that, you know, looking at my timeline, some people didn't like certain aspects of it. Uh, a lot of people really felt like the the women's 
War Games match kind of let us down. And I know, that, Rob, you had some thoughts on that. There were things about it that I didn't care for. And I think Rob and I are on the same page here. I try not to be that get off my lawn guy, that uh, that OG wrestling fan who thinks back to the original War Games matches. And I understand that in 2022, things are going to be a little bit different. You're not going to have the bloodletting that you had back in the you know late 80s, early 90s. But all the time that they tell you, was a spot in the match where me Yim, Mishin, Came into the, she came out of the, the the shark tank and got ready to get in there, and she took forever grabbing weapons and throwing them in the cage. Meanwhile, the opposing team, Dakota Kai, and I forget who the other one was in the ring, is basically standing there watching her throw things into the ring to come in and beat their ass. I'm like, no, go over there, grab her, drag her in the ring, and beat her ass. And I realize that's not what the spot was supposed to be. But this is one of those things that I, you know, wring my hands about is people taking too long to do things. And as much as I absolutely love meeting him, I'm excited as hell for her to get a second chance in WWE on the main roster. I really thought that whole spot, whoever came up with it, made her look like crap. Like, and it really took me out of the match. Now, that being said, there was some really good stuff in there. The first five minutes where there was almost straight wrestling between Dakota Kai and Bianca Belair, absolutely phenomenal. And it makes me want to see them have 10, 15, maybe 20 minutes of an actual just straight-up wrestling match because I think it would be really good. Like, the first five minutes, I was like, okay, because I was a day behind. I was out of town through Saturday. We came home on Sunday, so I was already a day behind, so I already caught some chatter. And some of the chatter was, oh, the women's match wasn't great. The women's match was this. Women's match was match was meh. And I'm watching the first five minutes, and I'm like, what the heck? Because this is really good. And then, you know, I started to see where certain areas that fell apart. Some people were breathing a little heavier than others about certain things. I'm not even going to name names. I'm going to get into it. It's not important. But the other big thing that I really, really enjoyed was watching two of the biggest stars in the industry today in Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair basically have a Superman Batman team up and whip ass. And to me, I popped for that. I thought it was great. So for me, I, the women's match wasn't terrible. Um, Rob, I know you've got some thoughts on this. Why don't you jump in here for me? Okay. Um, so I'm with you in the first five minutes. Uh, I thought that was excellent. I thought the Dakota Kai for my money was, the star of that match because she was just getting taking all types of crazy bumps and getting thrown up against the cage and all of that type of stuff. And like you, when <clears throat> I, when Mia came out there, she spent half of the three minutes getting pulling stuff from under the ring. And while EO and Dakota had a two on one advantage on Bianca, then after then next was Nikki Cross, who instead of coming in for a three on two advantage, spent half of her time pulling out, you know, to, to quote Jim Cornette, pulling out furniture. Right? Um as he likes to say. <laughs> um, you know, because there were trash can lids and ladders, and then I think she might have pulled the table out and all of this stuff. And at that point, I'm like, okay, here we go. Because 
for me, and look, if you're old like us and you watch the old Jim Crockett War Games matches, they didn't, you know, maybe one weapon got brought into the cage. Like Paul Ellering brought one of the Road Warriors spike wristbands into the cage, right? And it was a big deal because he used it on J.J. Dillon. And then there have been a couple of other times where somebody brought one weapon into the cage. And it was a big deal. Right? They brought this, they somehow brought this weapon into the cage. And, but now, and this goes back to the NXT War Games, now people, they bring 10 chairs and they bring trash can lids and they bring tables and they bring kendo sticks and the people in the cage like you say, they stand there and watch while they throw this stuff in the ring. They stand there and watch while they slide a table through the door. And, you know, and one person picking up a table and doing all that takes a long ass time. All right. And they stand there and watch while all this goes on. And meanwhile, you know, what should be a two-on-one advantage, what should be rescuing your partner from a two-on-one disadvantage, which should be a three-on-two, you know, a chance for a three-on-two disadvantage gets completely just wasted because they're spending all this time throwing this stuff in the ring. And the, and here's my, my bigger point is that there was really great stuff going on that didn't require any of that. It didn't involve any of that. Okay. Those Bianca was slamming the hell out of Dakota into the cage wall. Okay. Without D- using Dakota any of those things. Incredible. Without, without using there, any of those literally, things. There's literally that picture going around of Dakota with her back up against the wall, the wall of the cage and her thigh and her feet are pointed to the sky and her head are pointed to the sky and her feet are on the ropes. Like she's yeah. folded in half. Yeah, she, Dakota yeah. Kai was just in my eyes. I already liked her. I was already a fan. In my eyes, Dakota Kai elevated herself Saturday night. All right. So yes. quick pop, uh, quick plug. Since we're talking about her, and I was going to mention this anyway. Rob, you're right. She was absolutely positively the the MVP of that match. Um, she didn't have the biggest spots or anything like that, but she kept that thing going and had the. You know, when things started to lose momentum, she'd do something big or something like that. And also, while we're talking about that, because it spins off of her, a lot of this is on production. A lot of this is on the truck. A lot of this is on yeah. the guys who set up the ring. A lot of this is not on those boys and girls. No. Um, because right. set up the way, if you want to have this arsenal of weapons, I promise. If you put them on a little dolly or something that we can't see under the ring and they can just pull it out, grab the stack and toss them in or something like that, no one, I promise, no one will care. It will make the the whole experience faster. Yes, Rob, is. uh, you guys are right. It shouldn't get to this point where we're just tossing trash can lids and all sorts of stuff in the ring right for the first person. But, okay, we're here now. So at least make it easier on the folks. And then again... With Dakota and production, you guys missed one of her best spots in the movie. In the, oh, the double, the, the double film. stomp, the double stomp. She's oh, got yes. what's her name suspended between the rings, and she's on the two turnbuckles, and she jumps right when the camera pans to like whoever's coming out of the cage, the shark yeah. cage. 
You can barely see her on the top of your screen just crash through. Forgive me, I forget who it was, but just absolutely bulldoze that girl. And you guys barely saw it at home. Meanwhile, us in the arena, we're all like, ah! <laughs> How was the crowd reaction for that match, Jason? The, they reacted to the high spots. It was hard okay. to get them going, and I think it was it was because of the 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 slow. Mia just shot him in the foot because she was the first one in, right? Well, she, she was the oh, she's second. <clears throat> she yeah. she was technically the third uh, fourth woman. Who Mia? Okay, so so yeah. So Mia she, was the fourth one out because it was a two on one with Io and uh, Dakota no, on yeah, Bianca. Yeah. So Mia Yim was your fourth was your fourth woman out. She was pulling those weapons out and like struggling to get trash can lids out from underneath and sliding the whatever's in and all this stuff. And you know, I'm Mia's not that she's strong and she can beat the shit out of me, obviously. But I mean, you're you're having this poor girl drag all this shit from underneath, and you just took all the air out of the, the building. Yeah, it, it almost at that point they had to start over with the build. And yeah, I, I kind of felt it, and that actually kind of came through on TV on my end. You could just feel the whole crowd like deflate. Because yep. my my philosophy on the weapons is that if you can't carry it with you when you're walking through the door, then can't have it. Yes, because and look, you do not. I know. Look, you do not need tables in there. I'm sorry, I would die on the hill. You can tell me it's 2022 and all you want. <laughs> you do not need no damn tables in a war games match. Okay, you don't. I'm sorry. You just don't. I would and, argue you don't need any weapons at all. You're in a weapon. Yes. Like, and the look, cage is a weapon. And no, okay. the one the one weapon that actually I thought was good, the one thing that was good and that made sense to sneak into the cage was when Nikki Cross pulled out the handcuffs. Yes. Yeah. Because you can sneak those into the cage. You can, you know, you can have them in your tucked down in your trunks or whatever. Or, or since all the ladies have on, they got on vests or jackets of some type, right? I, you could some of, some of those girls are wanting a whole lot of room to hide any handcuffs, Bubba. No, <laughs> but because but, the whole point is no holds barred, war games, blah 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 blah. So why do they have to sneak anything in there? Well, well, because the, the idea is that you're not supposed to bring any. Well, at least theoretically, well, Arn Anderson could walk in there with the Glock and nobody could say boo to him. Well, well, I guess the point. Well. Right. Well, it's just in the old matches, you didn't bringing something in represented some type of escalation that was yeah. not planned. Right. Some un, unplanned escalation is what bringing a weapon in there meant. So when yeah. Paul Ellering, I, you know, Paul I, Ellering came in there wearing one of the Road Warriors, you know, things. Right. And he, he and he had it for a reason because he was Paul Ellering, the manager, and he couldn't you know, he couldn't square up with, you know, R. Anderson, you know, in survive so he had to, you know he needed to bring something in there with him right and but and so no and something like nikki bringing in the handcuffs and if they had handcuffed somebody to the ropes and beat the shit out of them that would have made for a good thing right um but all of this other stuff because it's it's so extra and again it take you waste all that time throwing it in there and then, you know, there's, and <clears throat> again, and, and, or even if you bring one chair, right? If you're going, if you're running, if you run out there and then, you know, and there's a, you know, there's a chair at ringside that somebody's sitting in, 
and you and you pause for a minute and grab it and make them get up and then slide it in there with you. Okay, that's believable. That make you know. Okay, Ooh. that's fine. But, what I want to say is, if you're going to bring a chair all the way into the shark cage with you, why don't you bring it to the ring with you? Oh, well, that's, yeah, well you got to ask your boy Roman that. Yeah. I know, but, right? Um, <laughs> I, was, I was half expecting him to bring that in, and who, and who's going to stop him? Right. Um, <laughs> but if, if you if you can't, because remember, this is supposed to be a fight. It's supposed to be blood feud. If you watch the old War Games matches, right, those guys, when it was their turn to get in the cage, they ran into the cage. And they ran in there and they immediately jumped on the action because these are supposed to be people who are beefing with each other. Yeah. Right. They're, they're not just having a, they're not just having a match in the cage. Right. That's what you do in real life. Like your yeah. friends uh, with one disadvantage. Like, yeah, maybe I'll stop and grab a hammer real fast if I see one or something. But I'm just going to run in and, you know, do my best, man. Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. If you guys are hanging out at my house and somebody comes to my house to attack us, you guys got to wait a minute. I got to go in the garage for a minute. Yeah, I got some right. stuff up in there somewhere. I'm pretty sure I got like a <clears> jack. And uh, let me grab my toolbox while I'm in there because there might be something in there I need. And I got a picnic table that I can bring back with me. So just give me a couple minutes, guys. Hang in there. Yeah, and right. <laughs> and again, that's on. The, and again, that's not on the ladies. That's on the people or the men in the men's match. That's on whoever lays these things out. And so, to me, you don't need all of that stuff. Or like, yeah. for example, in a men's match, if if, if Sheamus and the boys, if they had brought the shillelaghs in there with them, right, that would have made sense. Yeah. If Roman picked up the chair that he was sitting on for the whole thirty friggin' minutes, slammed it shut, put it in one hand, and just walked to the ring, yes, that makes perfect sense. And yeah. please keep going. And since, especially since he came in last, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that would have made sense. That's right. The, that's the super escalation. Right, but I mean, when again. You're a third of the way through the match, you're halfway through the match, and you got people wasting, you know, spending two and three minutes going under the ring. Pull, and then also, I mean, the fact that it's under the ring, right? If, okay, if we're going to say, okay, these things are part of the match, then like you said, either have them just put them in the damn cage to start with. Right. If it's understood yeah. that, okay, we got, you know, you, you're going to, you can, you can use Kindle sticks and chairs. If it's understood that these, okay, these things are just part of the match. Then just put them in the cage. When you put them under, because it's supposed to be represent escalation, <clears throat> but then it's also supposed to be. Wait a minute, why are they bringing that in there? Right. Well, then you kind of lose that if there if you have all these things conveniently under the ring, <laughs> right? And it it makes no sense why you would have a bunch of metal trash cans under the ring. <laughs> Why would you have, I mean, because you don't normally have metal trash cans under the ring. You don't normally have a no, pile of... No, 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 back up. It's, it's been long enough established, at least in the WWE universe. And again, Rob, we live, please come back to my side of the aisle a little bit. We live in Mortal Kombat land. Yes, it makes perfect sense that there's sledgehammers and chairs and stupid stuff under the ring i that you, you, you never know when somebody may want to toss a championship title into the trash so exactly. you need to have a trash can nearby <clears throat> i mean this is the same wwe that had a grappling hook backstage for braun Strowman to drag down an entire set piece 
Well, yeah. Like, right, what the hell do they need with a grappling hook? You just don't ask about it. You just keep move along with it. But also to that effect, yeah, in WCW Nitro or whatever the game or Mortal Kombat or whatever, I just walk over to a weapon and I hit A and my guy picks it up. Hey, production, make it easy for these people to get this stuff out from under there because I, I, I saw them all struggle. Like you could see them reach in and then yank multiple times trying to get yeah. something loose. And you can tell they're that's not them selling or acting. They want to get in the ring as soon as humanly yeah. possible because they know everything we're talking about. It. They're like, I kind of look like a dump right now. Yeah. Right now. So, boom production. Leave, leave the tables out though, because yeah, it, it, there's it should be a requirement. Yeah, leave the tables out. There's just there's there's nothing. I'm sorry. Even in fantasy WWE land, there's nothing logical about having bring tables into a cage. Okay, that hey, I'm how sorry. Do you feel about how do you feel? Uh, you guys are both old school war games guys, so you've seen it all the iterations. How do you feel about the middle of the rings, the the meeting point of the two rings? How they put the metal plate. I it? like it. Yeah, because what happened before is people fell down and got their heads stuck between the yeah. rings. Yeah, people got stuck in there. It was it was a high risk injury. Yeah. Yeah. Or I mean, look, yeah. you could. You could get your foot stuck in between them and tear a damn ACL or something. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, I'd better to put something in between the rings. And um, <clears throat> I know some people want the roof. Um, no, no. Well, As someone who's sitting in the balcony, absolutely friggin' not. Okay. All right. Well, then understood. Uh, but I, I, <laughs> I go back to when Doctor Death was press slamming people against the roof. Right, and it would have been awesome to see Bianca press slamming some Dakota or somebody against the roof. Oh, that would have oh, been pretty good. So th- I would have popped to the moon because I would have had a great view of that. That would have been awesome. Um, but also, fun. Sh- another one last shout out to Dakota Kai because I had a fun little moment when she first came out for the War Games match. I believe she because she was in first and she came out first first, right? And then yes, yeah. came out. and then Bianca. So, she came in and did the, you know, sit in the corner, got both hands on the top rope, like crouched down, doing the I'm getting revved up thing. And, like, I took a really, really, because my camera has a really good zoom, I zoomed in on her, got a picture <clears throat> grinning, and then I zoomed out to the wide-angle lens and had the, you know, the whole full TD Bank North Garden. And I was like, and it was a really cool moment because the last time, literally the last time I saw that girl in Boston, it was at an armory with 200 people. Wow. That's cool. So, so, oh, no, I'm not, we're not going to linger on the women's match too much longer here. I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. I said, you know, let's let's try again next year um, <clears throat> and work on the production aspect of it. Not gonna not gonna dump on the women. I thought all the women looked good. Uh, one one real notable for me, uh, Io Sky looked incredible. Um, I, there have been times where she's tried to do certain things, and to me, it just didn't look good. She looked real good Saturday night. I think she's really really progressed as an overall talent and hopefully she sticks around and I look for more big things from her. I don't think you could do the finish much better either. No, the finish was perfection. <clears throat> it really was. So, so right, right girl got the pin, got the pin on the right person. Like it immediately heats her right back up. Like we're all, we're good, man. Absolutely. So next match I want to talk about is one that I thought was a hell of a lot of fun. And uh, mainly because the internet wrestling community and the dirt sheets got to take another L because I'm pretty sure that I spent the last two weeks reading about how Austin Theory was done for. 
Austin Theory was cooked. Austin Theory was buried. Triple H had lost faith in him. Triple H was all done. We had a very long discussion about Austin Theory here about a month or so ago. We're not going to go that deep into the woods. I just think it's funny how here we are two weeks later after he lost his you know, money in the bank contract and everybody thought he was, you know, had a foot out the door and a pink slip in his hand is now <laughs> once, a, once again, U S champion after Did defeating he, Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley in what I thought was one hell of a sprint match. That was fun, man. That match How did that was come a out lot live? of fun. Uh, really good. Um, yeah. I don't know it, it, people were up for it for, for sure. And the finish was awesome. Yeah, the finish, the finish that that finished was just like, what just happened? <laughs> uh, so if you didn't see it, I don't know why you're listening to this podcast, but Seth, uh, Seth does his superplex to Falcon Arrow, and then while to Austin Theory, so lands the superplex, rolls through for the Falcon Arrow, gets him up high, it gets him vertical. Bobby comes out of nowhere and spears Seth, and they both fall down, but Austin grabs the the knees and rolls it through, and one, two, three, and new United States champion, Austin Theory. That was a slick piece of business, man. Yeah, I I tell you what, man, regardless of what you think about Austin Theory's personal history, if you don't think that dude has it, you're fooling yourself, man. Oh, Dude, if he's with the new personality he's showing on Raw, and like, dude, this kid is off to the races. Yeah, he is. Yeah, Rob, like, what are your thoughts, it, man? Oh yeah. well, everything y'all just said, but also the 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 double hurt lock was. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. <laughs> we popped for that. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, and I was saying, I was like, they could do this. Only one of them has to tap. Yeah. And then that gets them into a feud with each other. Like, hey, why'd you tap? Well, uh, you know. Yeah, yeah, that so, uh, that was a fun moment. Crab yeah. pop for that one too. Uh, for me, that was I mean, that was I said Saturday while I was going on, I called that match of the night and I'm sticking with that. Okay. I agree, fair. that's fair. Um, God, was there anything after that match that you really was was like stood out stood out at you before we get into the um, we're not gonna bury anybody, but we're gonna <laughs> Well, all right, um the We're gonna have a discussion. The the, the AJ Finn Balor match was really good. That was really good, and that they got you know, they got stuck in a bad spot following the War Games match. Yep, they that was a, the, that was a damn good match between those two guys. And, and it was yeah. one that was a slow burn because the first five to seven minutes was kind of slow, but once they kicked in, man, those dudes cooked. Yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, it, it was a feeling out process, kind of. Yeah, and that's the way it, it was. Some, it felt like a competitive match. Right. It felt like two guys, like Jason said, feeling each other out. I was like, okay, let me see what he's got. Let me see what you got. There was a, a bit of defensive offense going on. And then the second half of the match was just balls to the walls offense. It was great. Yeah. And I believe AJ Styles and Finn Balor have never actually wrestled each other. Oh, no, they did um, a couple of years ago. It, no, I'm joking. AJ wrestled oh, I'm sorry. the demon. Wrestled the demon, pal. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, I blew the bit. I'm sorry. That's all right. Uh, Actually, if I remember correctly, that was supposed to be the demon and Sister Abigail. Yes. And then I think there was a case of, what was it, Mercer or something going around the locker room? 
And AJ literally had to fly in overnight from like Germany or something. Yeah. Yeah. To make the show. Yeah. It was one of those insane stories that all of a sudden some crazy. The the universe just fell into place, and like uh, these guys who should have had a blow off match, you know, five six years ago, finally get to have one. Yeah. So interesting, interesting little side road here. And Jason, you had made the, the comment in the chat. AJ Styles picked up his first premium live event in quite a while, taking a decisive victory over Finn Balor. And your your thoughts were okay. Judgment Day, two steps forward, two steps back. Jason, you no, got any one, thoughts with that? One step back. Two one steps step forward. Back. We, got, we got Finn. We got them, like, back. We got Rhea doing something. We got, like, they feel like a threat again. Um, but I feel like it, maybe it was a half step back because it 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 greatly depends on where it goes. But um, I don't know. I, I, I expected Finn to win there, and... Um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, but regardless, the match itself was yeah. awesome. What, but, what do you think, uh, Rob? Is this a little bit of a backslide for uh, Judgment well, Day, or do you think they pick up the pieces and just keep right on rolling? Well, I think at some point, AJ and the boys had to win something. Yeah. yeah. Now, personally, I would have done it at Crown Jewel because the wacky six-man tag team match over at Saudi Arabia, to me, that was the match that you could have them win and not yep. really – you know, and then it not feel like Judgment Day maybe was losing the momentum or something. And that's what I thought they were going to do. But they didn't do that. So, you know, the other side has to win something. Yeah. And, that, and you know, that's been one of the issues with the whole damage control thing. That when they get to the big matches, you know, the, you know, uh, Bianca basically wipes the floor with them. Um, so they had to win something here. Um, I think this is fine. And also it emphasizes that, well, if the odds are even, if things are fair, we would win. Yeah. Right. Um, which is, you know, which is supposed to be, that's always a staple of these, you know, face versus heel, you know, feuds or confrontations or whatever. That if, if things are fair, the good guys would win. Right. right. So in this case, things were fair. You know, Gallows and Anderson ran off Priest and Dominic. And so things were finally fair. And so the good guys finally win one. Um, yeah. I think it, but like I said, it depends on where they go from here. Um, it, yeah, and that, that's all it is. Depends on where they go from here. But I think ultimately in the grand scheme of things, I think it's fine. Yeah. Yeah, as with all things WWE, it'll heavily hinge on how they move forward from here. Sometimes... They don't get it right. I'm hoping with this they do because I think I think in general Judgment Day is awesome. I think Dom has really come into his own. And, you know, we can't get out of this segment without mentioning that incredible beatdown at the Mysterio household on Thanksgiving Day. He was has absolutely been... incredible piece of business. Yeah. They, they found a way to make his horrible acting work. Because yes. now that he's this snot-nosed little brat with his goth goth girlfriend, you know, who, you know, he's now he's dying his hair and probably going to get a lip piercing next week and all this stuff and screw you dad. But he's making it work. And and the yeah, the beatdown was a wonderful piece of business. Yeah. <laughs> and, I watched and, that and I was just they beat this poor man half to death at his own home on Thanksgiving and the yeah. best part is Ray pulling on a mask right before 
before he answers the door. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. Thank you, Ray, for protecting the business. Yeah. Not enough people do it anymore. Yeah. And um, to me, that was right up there when, like, when Triple H came in Randy's house and you saw, like, the random guy run across the living room. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To get the hell out of there. <laughs> That's amazing. That's good stuff. Oh. Yeah, but we got to give credit to Dom. I know we've been a little tough on him, and probably deservedly so. You know, if you're yeah, a main uh, roster WWE talent, we're going to – sorry. You don't get yeah. the kid gloves. But because, because you're, you're, he's, you're, he's, he's figured it out. No, yeah. well, he's on his way anyway. Yeah, they, they have him. He's cast in the right role. He is. And, and, and so now, of course, that begs the question, you know, where does he go after all this is over? Um, will you know? Will he? Because obviously, when all this is over, um, he's not going to be doing the same type of gimmick or shtick or whatever. But you know, yeah. we cross the bridge when we come to it. The the interesting thing is, if you're looking for, because there's a lot of people that you know think that eventually this will end up in a match with him and Rey Mysterio. Rey beats him, but then takes off the mask and hands it over. You know, essentially passing the moniker of the Mysterio name and the mask down to Dom. The thing is, Rey Mysterio's style works because of his size. I yeah. just, Dom it just is not believable doing the lucha shit. He's right. too tall. Like, and I understand there were other lucha, like you take Psychosis and um, La Parca, and there was another one that was kind of tall, and his name escapes me right now. Um, I, I'd say Psychosis because he was probably the tallest of the bunch, and he could make it work, but and this is no offense to Dom, he's no psychosis. No, no. And uh, you know, At least not right now. He may get there eventually, but psychosis was a special talent. To be as tall as he was, to move like he did, to be able to do a lot of the stuff in there that he did, and I just don't think Dom is that type of wrestler. Well, Dom's too slow. He is. He's too <laughs> slow. Psychosis was like, as, as the man would say, quicker than a hiccup. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. Um, Dom doing the lucha stuff. When... And, He's, he's too slow, and that's just what it is. And I mean, unless you're going to be like like the Parker, just didn't do the high flying shit. He was just like, I'm just here to fight. Yep. <clears throat> yep. And if you know, if you want to do that, then okay, right. Um, I mean, that's why he had a chair with him ninety percent of the time. Yeah, and look, I'm sorry, that was one of the, that was one of the highlights of Monday night when he would. Oh. <laughs> the, the, the absolutely with the, okay. the chairman oh, with yeah. the dance we popped every time oh, yeah. Martha came out okay absolutely <laughs> um but dom yeah he he like you said ray style works because he's so fast and because he's he's the little guy who moves so fast that it that you know at times it can make up for the size disadvantage of course sometimes he just gets caught and just gets the shit kicked out of him. But, <laughs> but I mean, Don is not that fast. And, well, he's, they're gonna, he's gonna have to come, if he's gonna have a long career, he's gonna have to find some in ring style that works for him that he can do. Um, I don't think the Lucha stuff is it because he, he doesn't move fast enough. Uh, I, I don't know who needs to tell him, and maybe he, you can never convince him to totally abandon it because of obvious reasons. Dude, you gotta stop doing the six one nine. Yes. Oh, it's, oh, it's it is six one nine. It's so awkward bad. doing that move. Actually, and it's, I, like I have yet to see anybody pull that off as well as because even EO Sky, no. I'll say that much. And I love EO Sky. I hate to see her do the six one nine. 
And she might be like the closest one to like getting it halfway decent compared to Ray. Right. Right. I you know, I've seen well, you know Claudio slash Cesaro try it. It didn't work for me then. No. Um, <clears throat> you got them See? long gangly legs. You can't be doing that stuff. No. I mean, it works because Ray whips around so fast. Yes. Right. His well, his center of gravity and his rotation is so small that it's just go. Yeah. Right. It's all the centrifugal force. He looks like a top. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And that that's what it is. I mean, but. Because when Dom does it, it looks like on 2K when you when you do it and the guy catches you. Yeah. And <laughs> encounters it, like, every time. And, yeah. yeah. It's just going a little bit slower so the animations can line up when he catches your legs. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So. Yeah, interesting to see what happens with, with Judgment Day moving forward, whether or not the feud with the original club continues or whether or not they move on to another victim. Let, Let's... Uh, Guys, let's go ahead and rip the Band-Aid off here. Okay. 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 I had one last thought on uh, Dom. I want to put him over because three, four, five months ago, I was like, this dude's a bust. I'll send him down to NXT at least. I like, yeah. let him let him whatever. Mm-hmm. Let him marinate. Let him whatever. I'm not saying out and out fire the kid, obviously. Um, but now we get to this point, and I'm like, okay, now at this point, I still have – because of everything we just talked about, I have no desire to see Rey Mysterio the third. Right. I am very, very, very interested in what Dominic Mysterio looks like in five years. Same. Absolutely. That's, so, that's a good call right there. Job done, kid. Yeah, absolutely. So. All right. Well, like I said, let's rip the Band-Aid off here and talk about the match that last week none of us were really overly excited about. Uh, I'm going to start off here. Uh, SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey versus Shotzi. I'm not going to be as brutal as the rest of you. I didn't hate this match. Uh, Bless Shotzi's heart. She really tried to salvage it in some spots. It wasn't great. Um, And that's, I'm not blaming, I'm not blaming Shotzi on this one. I I can't. I mean, like I said, people will argue certain things about Shotzi. Should she have been in that spot? Um, Is she, you know, that type, that caliber talent, that's irrelevant. I think she did the best she could with what she was given. I don't dislike Ronda Rousey at all, but we need to have an honest discussion here. This is not the Ronda Rousey that we had three, four years ago. And no. I don't know what happened. Um, it's not, it's obviously you can't chalk it up to she doesn't want to be there because if she didn't want to be there, she wouldn't because she doesn't need to be there. So that much needs to be said right up front. Um, obviously she's there because she likes pro wrestling. She wants to be a part of it, but there's just... There's something not clicking here, man. And, and I can't quite wrap my finger around it. She just, she went on maternity leave. She did her thing. When she came back, she was not the same worker. And it's not even like it was with like Brock Lesnar. Because I've, I've said publicly, when we look back at Brock Lesnar in the early 2000s, and then we look at the Brock Lesnar we have now, the Brock Lesnar we lost is not the Brock Lesnar we got back. Um, his work style changed quite a bit. He's older. He's thicker he's bigger he moves around a bit differently so his style had to change um i don't know what's going on with ronda rousey it's almost like she's still trying to wrestle the same style and it's not clicking with me uh we're gonna start here with jason because i know rob's probably got thoughts um jason how was that match perceived live like how was the live audience there well i can tell you that the concession behind me had pizza hot dogs 
Uh, they had beer. They had soda. Are you making yeah, this was this was bad, guys. This was yeah. bad in the building, and not it was the worst sound in professional wrestling. There was no sound. Bingo. Silence. Wow. Oh boy. It was so quiet. And even I, I try like in big spots, like maybe get my section going or something, but like yeah. it just couldn't do it. Uh, and it was compounded by the fact that some of the worst spots that you guys were saying, like, oh, that was terrible, whatever, whatever. It was taking place like camera, like towards the hard cam. If you're looking at the hard cam, camera, uh, hard cam left, so closer to the entrance trap. And the like the post was right at one of the posts for the war games thing was right in our view. Oh, uh, so, my gotcha. Like so, we were looking through the war games. Yeah, it was bad. So yeah. that even made it worse. So because all of a sudden they just toppled over, ass over key, tea kettle, and I'm just like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, there was a, a just, spot where they, they were never, wrapped up in the ropes and God. Yeah, they never quite got going, and it was exactly what it was. Everything that we kind of predicted, like it was a Rhonda needs to be in there with a quarterback, no matter how good she is, no matter how athletically gifted she is. Look at her in her first run. If she's in there with somebody that isn't the most experienced in the world, she's in there with them for less than five minutes. If she isn't, if she goes 10, 15, 20, whatever, it's in there with Becky, Charlotte, you know, somebody, somebody who can quarterback that thing and keep it going i'm not about to tell you what you know uh shotzi's skill level with that kind of stuff is i can only see tell you what i have seen from her compared to the other wrestlers she's a perfectly adequate good to, to good wrestler i'm not shitting on the girl but she's unfortunately a Ronda with a needs great gimmick with a great gimmick and a great everything else she's not a hand holder and Rhonda. I, I, that hand holding might be strong, but a quarterback, man. She yeah. needs a quarterback to call the shots, call the spots, and say, look, we're going this, this, and this. Yeah. Uh, it just got clunky and messy, and it just seemed like they weren't communicating. They were, they would go for one spot, and then all of a sudden one of them would shift their view and it, it would shift their grip, and it was like the other person didn't even plan on that. It, it was just. It, it seems to me, and we somebody, I think it was Rob, said this a while back that. Rhonda's gotten to the point where, you know, a lot of times in production, they'll they'll call this stuff in the back. You know, they'll block out the match. Okay, you know, we've got we've got 12 minutes and this is where we need to start. This is what we need. I don't exactly know how they block it out. I've been to indie shows where I've watched wrestlers sit there, talk about what they're going to do in the back. Um, But how they do it in WWE, I'm not privy to that information. My understanding would be is that they block the whole however long they have. We'll say 12 minutes. Um, they block it out. Rhonda does either doesn't seem to be interested in doing that or forgets what they talked about. I, Rob made a mention of that. He can talk about it in a minute. But if that's your thing, you need to be able to be a wrestler who can call it in the ring. And, you know, regardless of what I may think about Rhonda, I, I don't hate her as much as most people do. She's not a call it in the ring wrestler. Um so you you absolutely need to have a plan going out there. You just can't go out there and feel the crowd. You know, Rhonda doesn't feel the crowd. She can't. She doesn't have the experience. It takes years of experience in this business. Some people have a natural aptitude to, a, to it. Some people take to it like a fish out of water. Rhonda was not that fish. Um, Kurt Angle was that fish. Bianca was that fish. Um, but 
No, I, yeah, no, she definitely needed somebody to block that out even more. And it was very obvious in some spots that they were, it looked like they were trying to call it in the ring and it just wasn't working. Rob, yeah. what do you think? I mean, yeah, Rob, Ooh, uh, Rob's been quietly polishing the shovel in the corner. It, he has. Uh, he's over there. You can see cool. him. He's, he's up and over here rubbing his forehead yeah. and, and chopping at the bit. Okay. <laughs> um, this is bad. Um, yeah, there's no way to slice it, man. Um, and all right, because there was the thing on the apron, and some I saw somebody on Twitter, like, well, you know, pointing out, well, this is how the spot was supposed to go, and it was a, they showed a clip with Shotzi and Bianca and NXT, and, and even the quote unquote right way to do it didn't look great. Um, yeah. So I don't know what they were trying to do there. Um, then there was the the dive where. Shayna took the dive, but like she almost didn't get there in time, and so somebody went too fast or too slow or something. Um, and it almost looked like maybe it almost looked like Shayna might have pushed around out of way, just improvising almost even. You know, um, I legit thought Shayna got hurt there. Yeah, yeah. When that, she took that, I, I was like, oh shit. And if there's, if there's one thing I'll criticize, if there's one thing I will criticize Shotzi for is, look, I know that's your thing, but every time you do those dives, the shit goes bad. Or or it goes bad enough times. Um, so, I, and because I remember the match she had with Charlotte last year, she went for the dive and she got her feet caught in the ropes. Yeah. And it almost completely just wiped out. And so... If I'm gonna criticize shots for anything, like like you, you gotta let that go, because for whatever reason it, it ain't working enough. And yeah. I don't want to see her hurt herself or anyone else. Yeah, that's the most important thing here. Right. Is God don't freaking end your career before it's even started. Right. Yeah, because if that spot goes bad, forget looking weird. Like yeah, you're, you, about, you might end not, up looking weird for the rest of your life. Yeah, I mean it's not. Yeah, it's, and look, it's not even about oh that look. You know, Bachi. No, it's not that. It's just it's dangerous, and she wipes out doing that enough time. She's wiped out or almost wiped out doing it enough times, where you just gotta let it go. Yep. Um. But like like y'all were saying with Rhonda, it's it's um it. Well, there's like there was a twofold thing, right? One, all right, like y'all said, she needs to be quarterback through the match, and and. She, by her own admission, is this time around has had trouble getting down all the planned spots and remembering them. Um, and I don't know why that is, but she's admitted to that. Um, but so that's a thing. But then they also keep, you know, she wrestles now. She shouldn't be wrestling on TV as much as she is because every time she goes out there, she gets more and more exposed. Um, particularly since, you know, the people they have her working with are folks that will just to be nice. They are, they are not the, the ring generals. Um, and so she's getting more and more exposed every time they, and they keep sending her out there to do matches. Um, and, and I've said before that it feels like just judging by the way she talks about the stuff, it, it, it almost, it feels like she's at fantasy camp. That she's yeah. there to have a good time and she's enjoying herself. But like, 
you know, there's what goes on in the ring is serious. And, you know, you you can't just be out there like, yeah, hey, do whatever. Because she's even said that this time around, she just tells her opponent, like, we'll just, yeah, we'll do, we'll do whatever you want. Okay, whatever. Um, and she's mostly, this time, she she's only had two opponents this whole go-round who you can do that with. And that's, you know, Charlotte and Natty, who, who you can, who, yeah, you can say, okay, we'll just do whatever you want. And, and you're fine. Um, everyone else she's been in there with is not that. And... Right. It isn't that. Shotzi's not that. No, and, you know, and so it looks like Raquel may be up next for her. Oh, dear. She ain't that either. And not a knock on Raquel. And that's the size size thing. That's just going to be a whole different ball of bullshit. Yeah, well, um, it's because the first time time she was there, they very meticulously protected her. If she, when she wrestled on TV, it was in tag team matches or six woman matches for the most part. Like the only serious match, singles matches she had on TV, she had one with Natty and she had one with Bailey. And other than that, it was all six woman tags and you know, or squash matches on TV. Yeah. Um, and this time they've had her on TV having matches to go five, six, seven minutes, and it's like, what are you doing? Um, mm-hmm. And. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. And then before, and then look, the first time when she had opponents, there was, there was a formula, right? They, they had her with somebody who she physically meshed with really well, like Nia Jax, because she does work well with the bigger women. Um, so they, you give her someone, they gave her Nia Jax for a couple matches. Those matches were actually very good. They were um, quite good. Or they put her with either Alexa Bliss or Nikki Bella, and you had, you know, Brie Bella or Alexa had like Mickey James and Alicia Fox running interference. And you had, so you had a bunch of interference during the matches to kill time. Or if it, or they put her in there with Charlotte or Sasha. Right. And then, you know, the WrestleMania main event, it was Charlotte and Becky. So there was a formula to, you know, there was a planned out formula to <clears throat> basically keep her from looking bad. And, e- and even in her first match, right? Dog, right, uh, I was going to say, right from the rip, her first match was, you know, with two of the greatest. Yeah, she's in the ring with Triple H and Kurt Angle. Right. And, and, and with, Stephanie, you know, who by and, her own right. Former women's champion, Stephanie McMahon. <laughs> right. Her, and, by her own right, Stephanie McMahon is a worker. Oh yeah, she she knows how to, she knows she knows exactly when to take a beating in a match. She knows when yeah. to get heat and all of that yep. stuff. I was gonna say Stephanie may not do the moves, but Stephanie can work. Yeah, work a match. Right. So they did. They took every step to protect her and make sure she never looked bad in the ring. This time around, they have not done that. This time around, they've just thrown her in the ring with people. Well, maybe that's the difference that I was talking about. Maybe that, maybe you're you're hitting on something here, Rob, because I sat here about five minutes ago, and I'm like, I can't figure out what the difference is, and maybe that's it. Maybe they're not protecting her like they did. Maybe they're just like, okay, here you go. You're out there, kid. Let's see what you got. And well, and maybe, you know, no, there are a couple of things. Maybe they, maybe people thought that since she has, you know, since she has some experience, that you didn't have to do all of that this time, maybe. Right. Um, but it's obvious that you do still. Um, and but the other thing is that I mean a lot of people just aren't there. Um, you know, Charlotte's not there. She hasn't been there since May. Yeah. Um, Naomi and Sasha are not there. Um, they haven't been there since May. And then the other women who could do it are all on Monday Night Raw. And and then, uh, but see, this is the other thing with Rhonda is because of who she is, she has to, you know, if you're booking the wrestling television show, you're going to have her in the position that she's in right now as as the champion or the number one contender. Okay, and it also means that basically, until you know, you you have maybe within a year, you have, you know one or two or three times where she can take a loss. Those have to be very carefully planned out. You can't have, you know, it it can't. So, which means that you can't have her in there with your big name people, but so much because those people are going to lose to her. Yeah. So you have to keep them away until it's the time to have the big matches, which means, you know, and 
So no, you you couldn't send Rhea Ripley over there to have a feud with her. Although it probably would have been a really good match. But you 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 don't want you don't want Rhea Ripley to take a loss to Ronda Rousey. You don't want um you know you don't want Oscar taking a lo- just a random loss to Ronda Rousey. You don't want right. um you know and um well Alexa probably never wants to get in the ring with her again because she got concussed all hell. Yeah. Last time. So she probably... I would say right now Rhea Ripley's probably the most protected woman on that roster because they are one thousand percent saving her for a feud with Bianca Belair. Right. So but you don't want to and then you're not gonna and obviously you're not sending Becky to fight Ronda until WrestleMania. Um so you're I mean, just you can't send your best, most experienced people over there to take losses to her. You know, um which is there's a whole lot. Look, like, look, with, with Brock, Brock's not. Brock comes in, he does a match or two on pay per view, and then he goes home. Like, like you don't have him running through the roster. Well, even when he was here, like once, like you know, that summer he was here weekly or whatever. Where all of a sudden we're like, wait a minute, we have Brock back. He was just there. He didn't wrestle Madcap Moss. He didn't work in a tag match or whatever. He wrestled big dudes at pay per views. That's it. And I feel like Ronda Rousey should be doing the same. Yeah, right, Brock but, came back for the money matches, and we should be doing the money like matches with Ronda Rousey. He'll squash or send uh, send Madcap Moss to Suplex City on a Monday night, but the bell's not ringing, and he's not working a five minute you know main event with Madcap Moss or whoever. Right, so, and then because that's the other thing, thing ha, like she should only work big matches. You know, or big matches, or if, you're, or if she isn't going to work on TV, then yeah, have her squash somebody. Having her work these like six and seven minute matches, they're you know they're competitive enough enough to make her look ordinary, and and that's a problem because you, you, she shouldn't look ordinary in there. She 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 should only look vulnerable against the big name people. The same way with like Brock. Brock gets in there with Roman. Yeah, he'll take bumps. He'll sell, or with Seth Rollins or with Bobby Lashley. But no, if you send Brock in there with Madcap Moss, Madcap's going to die, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And but Ronda's having these competitive matches with Shotzi, with Liv Morgan, with Emma. Um, you know, and she's going to have with, you know, and she's going to have one with Raquel, and and. But the more you send her out there, the more ordinary she looks, the more she gets exposed. And because you're, you're, again, you're sending her out there with these people who are not ring generals. And it just it gets increasingly worse. And. Um, and now, I mean, let's be real, looking at the calendar. I mean, it's what's well, about to be December. WrestleMania is in April. We going to we going to do four more months of this. Oh. I don't know, man. It's it's possible we may very well have uh have have Ronda Rousey smack women's SmackDown women's champion for several more months here. It may I mean, be WrestleMania before she drops that thing. Yeah, and um, that and if we're gonna do this all the way to April, we got to shift. We got to course correct. We got to do something here, man, because this is not not working I mean, for me, brother. Well, there's there's it, the thing that people on Twitter have surprisingly been calling for, but I don't think that's in the cards. 
you know, I, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I think, and you know, and it, 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 you know, and look, look, it, and look, it makes me happy to see people on Twitter saying "Save us, Charlotte Flair," but <laughs> I, I don't think that's in the plans, everybody. Um, no, they they had their match. It's I, I'm a Becky Lynch fan, but again, this is the internet who has been wanting the one on one. Becky versus Ronda match that they feel like they got cheated out of three years ago. I, as a huge mark, I I hate that. As a huge mark for Becky Lynch, I do not want Becky Lynch and Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. I don't. I don't want it. I don't want Becky to win the Women's Royal Rumble. Um, It doesn't need to happen. Um, I'm sorry if it was a three-way, but Becky still pinned Ronda Rousey in the main event of WrestleMania. Yeah. What else do you want, you dopes? And I'm sorry, that whole lead-up, that build-up was incredible. Like, that yeah. was some of the best women's television yeah. on WWE programming that we've gotten in a while. Was that Not three-way the feud between, the two, between those three women, that whole scene where they were getting arrested, and Charlotte just knees the soul out of Ronda Rousey while she's handcuffed in the squad car. Becky and Ronda kicking at each other while they're in the back of the squad car. This is absolutely just incredible television. I popped for the whole thing. It was fine. They did it. It's done. Let's move on. I agree. Um, so. Yeah, and uh, I just... I mean, and now we're all... Another thing is... Um, well, Dave, quote-unquote, reported that Ronda was just being here through WrestleMania, but that hasn't been confirmed. So if God forbid she's staying longer... In what? Dave also reported that Kevin Owens wasn't going to be at War Games Saturday night. So. Oh yeah, and that's uh, you um, know, Dave, Dave's uh, reporting. I don't know if anybody's up to date here, but Dave's report reporting record ain't the greatest. No, um, and so I, it's it's just gotten it's gotten very tedious with Ronda, and yeah. it's not fun anymore. And now, again, the the idea that we may have four more months of this four months of this and you know and I'm sorry if they if they want Charlotte to come in and do a job to Rhonda just to make things better if I were her I if there's a time to say not going to work for me brother <laughs> yeah Rob, Rob just sounded like the old lady from Titanic it's yep. been 83 years well, just, I, I can mean, still smell the fresh paint. <laughs> I mean, it's, yep. it's. I mean, this is bad. And it, 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 it. Well, and and I'll even say it's not even like Rhonda's. It's not even all Rhonda's fault per se. Is she's ill suited yep. for this? She's ill suited for the way things are set up right now. Yeah, and I think it's safe to say she's not a full time talent. She should not be. No. And yeah. Nope. Um. You. Again, she should work the big matches. And also, look, if she only works big matches, then you don't have to have the title on her, just like you don't have to have a title on Brock right now. Right. Because if Brock was there full-time, then you you would have to do some real mental gymnastics to justify him not being champion, right? Um, but in the same thing, with, if Ron, with Ronda there being all the time, you have to do mental gymnastics to explain why the M- MMA killer lady is not the women's champion. Yeah. Um, and that's part of the problem. So, 
she should be at this point. I think we know she should be part time. She should come in. She should work the big shows. She can work WrestleMania. She can be in the Royal Rumble, um, work SummerSlam, right? I mean, that's what she should. And in that way, again, that way, you know, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to have a dilemma with the women's championship and her. But because if she's, again, she's there full time just because of who she is and her, you know, background and all that. Yes, she should be the women's champion if she's there full time because it, it would be dumb to not do it, you know, just from a logic standpoint. But having her there full time is just, it's, it's bad. It's yeah. bad. And, um, and we got four more months of this. And look, because I mean, I look, I've admittedly, I, I've pretty much kind of checked out on the SmackDown Women's Division. And it, and for me, it's even worse because I watch Impact Wrestling. And, you know, when you watch, watching, watching the knockouts on Impact Wrestling and then watching the SmackDown Women's Division now, it's just like, ugh. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, it just is. Um, and... You know, and look, I'm sorry, you know, and no disrespect to Impact Wrestling, but the WWE should not have any division that is not as good as some other wrestling company's version of it. They should not. Right. And right now, the SmackDown women's division is they're not as good as the Knockouts division. Um, And to be perfectly honest. And this may sound crazy, but. Look, AEW does a shit job of putting their women on television. But the actual women wrestlers are better. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the tragedy of AEW. They've got some awesome talent over there. Yeah, I mean, right. Jamie Hayter, Tony Storm, Athena are, are all better than... Ruby Soho is over there. Yeah, um, Thunder Rosa. And Jay's good, man. And, and look, Jay, well, Jay's a star, and she's good at what she does, right? Yeah. She's she's good at doing what she does. Yep. And they would all be more any one of those people we just named would be better than what's being offered on SmackDown right now. And but the problem is you can't move some of your better people over to SmackDown because again, you can't have them all out there taking the L's around it. Right. Um, and it's a, it's a problem. And SmackDown women's division is odd to me right now because there really is like aside. I, you never see her anymore, but I think Natalia is still listed as a, a SmackDown women's roster star, isn't she? She is. Yeah. So Natalia, you've got Natalia's experience. But beyond that, you've got Shotzi, you've got Raquel, you've got Zia Lee, you've got Emma, who Emma is not quote unquote developmental, but she's only been back in the company for two to three weeks. Um, trying to think of who else is over there on on SmackDown. That's Sonya, still live. Uh, Sonya, Sonya, I think is as good as. I, this is going to sound like I'm insulting her, but I'm not. Sonya is as good as Sonya's ever going to get. Um, I think she's done cooking, I, and I think she's a perfectly fine, you know, mid card woman. I, I enjoy Sonya Deville very much, but the large majority of that roster is still developing themselves. You know, Raquel is still developing whoever she's going to be when she fully matures as a, as a main roster star, same thing with Shotzi, same thing, you know, you've got Liv who finally evolved this past year 
Um, but there aren't a whole lot of established veterans who are done cooking. And then you look at the other side of the street and you've got, you know, Becky and you've got Bianca and you've got Bailey and to a slightly lesser degree, you've got Dakota Kai and Io Sky, you've got Asuka. I mean, the Raw women's roster is loaded with talent who's seasoned. And then you've got SmackDown. Yeah. Yep. And I mean, let's put it this way. I mean, Monday they had a match with Candace and Dakota, and that's deep into the Raw roster. Yeah. I heard it was a pretty good match too. I haven't seen Raw yet. Yeah. I mean, if they, good. yeah. And um, so when you consider that that's deep into the Raw roster, and that match would be better than anything that's been on SmackDown in since at least three or four months. Um. And it's interesting because SmackDown, when they first did the brand split, SmackDown was going to be the more wrestling-centric show. And it you know, was got for some, a while. It was for a while. Uh, but yeah. you know, now you look at it, and I mean, they've got great characters. I mean, her ring work aside, Sonya Deville is a great character. Um, Raquel is developing a great character. Shotzi is an awesome character. Um, Zia Lee... Zia Lee was the beginnings of a really good character. I don't know what happened there. Like, the presentation is awesome. Yeah. But then they never did anything with it. Yeah, you never got beyond Lightning Warrior. Right. Yeah, and then, so, it, I, I mean, it's... potential there, though. Again, Mortal Kombat on wrestling. Yeah. Yeah, and, man, just let, lean into it. Let her, I don't know. Lean into it and let her do her then, thing, yeah. and I think you've got a perfectly serviceable... Zia Lee. Um, and I think it's just right now, like on SmackDown, you have a whole lot, of, like the whole roster of people who would be really good. I think I said this a few weeks ago, if they ever did the women's mid-card thing, that, that whole roster would be really good for that. Um, but as far as people you put in big matches on big shows, they're all on Raw yeah. right now. And Is it time to shake things up around here? It's, well, well, they they got kind of screwed over with the draft even going because coming out of the draft last year, you had you had Charlotte, Sasha, and Naomi, mm-hmm. and then you had like everyone else was either well, so you had and then you had like Natty and Shayna as kind of your mid level veterans, but then everyone else was either like new to the main roster or they were just new in general because you had you had Tony Storm and you had Aaliyah and you had Shotzi and you had B-Fab, and was there one more? And Zia Lee, right? And they were all, again, either new, they were either new to the main roster or they were just new, period. And then, so you had a kind of a half and half roster and, you know, it was, you know, Hurts and not exactly, basically. And then the, the best of the new people was Tony Storm and then she left. So then you had, and then B-Fab got released. And then, because like in January, I mean, it was, they were down to like five women because Sasha had an ankle injury. It was down to Charlotte, Naomi, Natty, Aaliyah, and like maybe one other person. Um, so they weren't set up very good coming out of the draft even. And then, you know, the the thing happened where Sasha and Naomi left, right? Yeah. And they weren't prepared for, they weren't prepared <laughs> for something like that to happen. Maybe you shouldn't piss off two of your better women wrestlers in the division. How about that? Um, yeah. But um, 
they weren't it, it was like they weren't prepared and and like I know some of the big live from Morgan fans insist that, that the whole thing was planned all along. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious that that was an audible to get her over there with the briefcase because they had to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Um and look and give her credit for being ready to at least give it a try. You know, look, we all have different opinions on how well it went, but um but they weren't prepared really for I mean they were you know again they had basically three women who were big match worthy competitors and you know one of you know one of them had planned to take time off obviously but then the other two you know because booking decisions decided to hell with this shit and they weren't they weren't prepared for and well honestly they weren't prepared for tony storm to quit either okay no they had to they had to pivot after she left i think there were bigger things in the or at least store for her they were at least gonna have a pay-per-view match with i think her and charlotte were gonna do like yeah. day one or something um and and there might have been bigger things down the road but and so they just they weren't prepared to be fair she may very well have been Liv morgan had she stuck around yes yeah uh, it's very right. easily Tony Storm could have been Liv Morgan. Yeah. Yep. Um, but I mean, now she's doing pretty well for herself, so good for her. Yeah. I mean, it worked out for her. But it's. Yeah. Um, but getting back to the main point here, um, yeah, four more months. The possibility of four more months of this, um, where you can't send anybody good over there to have a, a good pay per view match with Ronda. Um, the one person who might who might be available for that, you know, you know, would have every right to say no. <laughs> um, yeah. Um, and and again, and also, and it they they may already have because look, I mean, obviously with Bianca at WrestleMania, it's either going to be Charlotte or Rhea or both. Um, so just they you know, those plans may already be set and they're not changing. Yeah. Uh, so we're looking at yeah we're looking at a possibility of four months of this, and then if you do round in Becky at WrestleMania like we all assume, and if, if Becky beats her for the SmackDown Women's Title, then if she comes over to SmackDown. Are you gonna bring Seth over there with her, and then you got now you got Seth and Roman on the same show again. We really want to do that. They may. I mean, that may be part of the plan. I mean, you never know. I don't know. Um, I mean, uh, okay. I think- Guys, we're we're getting to the point. If we want to get to a thousand days, you got to start repeating some people. Yeah, KO, KOs in the pipeline. I wouldn't be surprised if Seth is too. Um, I guess the only yeah. thing is, I mean, Seth on SmackDown leaves a big gaping hole on Monday night. True. Maybe filled by the Tribal Chief. Who knows? I, I I don't know. Like you that's could, all. Yeah, I mean that's a lot. They, they, yeah. They, they, well, yes, <clears throat> I just looked. The last draft was October 2021. They desperately need. A shakeup, a draft, just to clear the deck and reset going into I mean, obviously they've got some irons in the fire right now, so you're kind of limited, but you gotta reset some of this stuff and you gotta redistribute the wealth. Just my opinion, champions are current sitting champions should not be part of a draft. I do not want to see another belt swap. Hell no. No. I don't want no. to see well and right well, now the only belt swaps would be would be the intercontinental and the uh US well, no, that, and the women's that, that wouldn't be a swap because you're not 
they would just take the U.S. to SmackDown and the oh, IC true. would just take that's the true. IC yeah. to, you know, because they're not the the SmackDown yeah. mid-card championship and the Raw mid-card championship. I, I stand by what I said. Sitting champions should not be part of the draft. That's fair. Period. Well, I, yeah, you I, know, I, I stand by that statement. I agree. I, it, it, I, I agree with you on that, though, because so, they haven't started to establish the Intercontinental Championship as kind of the main championship That is the SmackDown Raw. main championship right and now. the U.S. Um, championship is the Raw mid-card championships. I know I just correct. joked about it a second ago, but no, they've really thrown that in the high gear in the last couple of months. Right. Yeah. And so it's not since, always that way. Since, since we have diverged way off topic, ah! <laughs> <laughs> let me grab the reins and pull this back in, and let's talk about that absolute cinematic masterpiece that was a main event at uh, it said Survivor Series War Games this year. Now I am going to say I have to go back and watch the match because I paid very little attention to the match as a as a work. I paid more attention to all the nuances that were going on that had nothing to do with the wrestling going in the ring. There were little things that I was watching, like I love watch. I've told you guys this before. I love watching Pete Dunne work, so I was really watching everything Pete Dunne did. But from a wrestling st- standpoint, I, could, I can't tell you very much that happened in that match beyond all the really good storytelling that was going on throughout the duration of that whole thing. From, you know, Sami Zayn, Roman Reigns telling Sami Zayn, no, you go out and he's telling Jay, you stay here. You know, testing Sami's resolve with the bloodline. Um, you know, it, it just absolutely incredible work. Roman sitting, just the little the little details. I told you guys, I'm a fan of details. Roman sitting in a chair, like the Godfather, pointing fingers, directing traffic, telling people where to go before he finally decides to get up off his ass and come to work. Um, it's it was just incredible. You know, I, Jason, how was the energy there live for that match? They picked it up for this match. The crowd really got into it. And it's yeah. and it is nine eighty I'll be nice. Seventy percent due to one Sam Zayn. Yeah. Like that guy is over as hell. Um well, and that's the that to me that was the biggest takeaway from this whole thing. They built an entire war games match to tell Sami Zayn's story. And it was incredible. Yeah, it, was, it was awesome. The payoff at the end, the the watching Jay and Sammy try to figure it out throughout the entire match and Roman forcing that hand when Jay goes in first and then, you know, uh, it's Butch. Butch and Jay start off and then uh, Ridge gets in there and then the cage opens for the bloodline again and Jimmy is, you know, Rearing to go to go save his brother, and he takes off. Only he stops short because Roman's got him by the belt, and he pulls him back in and says, "No points." And says, "You in, Sammy? You out? Go." And so, and from there, we were off to the races, man. Like, like watching that on the watching that unfold the live was absolutely incredible. We were all like. We were rooting for Sammy to finally do the right thing and save the baby faces and and get Roman and them out of there and get that evil Kevin Owens out of here. And we finally got our wish. It was beautiful. E- evil Kevin Owens. Are you watching the same show I'm watching? I'm absolutely watching the same show, show you're watching. My Fundamentally, friend. we're watching it differently, pal. 
Well, well we may like watch it differently. <laughs> well, so like, you sound like you sound like me last year talking about the the evil superhero lady. Rob, what was there anything in particular you took away from this one, Rob? Like you, I was watching all the, the the story stuff, and I completely zoned out on the match until they were doing the the fifty beats of the boundary or how many was oh, it? Oh, that was amazing. That was the that's that was the cool. only the only things I remember about this match. I remember that, and then the closing sequence. I was completely zoned out during this during the match itself. Um, you know, other than when the part of the you know where Roman sent you know when he went i forgot who, who went what jay went first jay. And sent, we started yeah, with jay and butch yeah jay and then okay and then yeah, when he when he told when he held back jimmy. jimmy and told sammy to go in like i remember that and then yeah and then like the when they were doing the 10 beats of the boundary on all of them and then the closing minutes i completely was zoned out on all the rest of it because i was like like a whole lot of people we we're just focused on the drama and you know what's funny because i was going i was prepared to get on here tonight and say well you know they didn't do all the tables and the in the weapons and stuff in the men's match why you know and then not knowing that they absolutely did <laughs> no they did they, they kind of... <laughs> I, but you know what i didn't know until i i like listened to a review of it and then i was like oh shit i was about to get out there and make a fool out of myself <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah dude no that was one of the best parts i popped to the moon when drew put uh, and solo put drew through that table and okay. also hand to god for two seconds i thought drew was no longer with us because i yeah. thought his head bounced off the back of that table Oh. Holy Moses, that spot was awesome. So I, I completely And then somebody I mean, else went through a table too. I, I mean I was there and I can't even remember who it was, but there were two table spots. I'm ninety percent sure. Yeah, I'm pretty sure you're right. I thought Ridge somebody either went die. through one or Ridge put somebody yeah, through yeah, one. Yeah. And so I don't I know. Do, I do there were two remember. table spots. I'm gonna go back remember. and watch the match again this weekend. Spinning rock bottom through because you know but also also because of he's doing a spinning rock bottom or Unagi or whatever you want to call it today. But he's doing it to a guy who's like eight inches taller than him. Yeah. And he's doing it through a table. And seriously, I thought Drew bounced the back of his head off that table. I was like, oh, my God, Drew McIntyre might be dead. Man, Ooh. real quick, let's talk about smooth transitions to the main roster. How good has Solo Sokoa been? Yeah. Oh, my God, dude. Like, dude, how smooth of a transition to the main roster was Solo Sokoa? Maybe it's because he's right in there with family and they dropped him right into the hottest angle in the business. But just I'm watching him. He's so comfortable. Like, he's so comfortable. And like, you can tell Kevin Owens had it. Solo Sokoa's got it. Drew McIntyre had it. Maybe oh, Samoa that. Joe, you could argue. But a lot of people come up from NXT. They go to the main roster. And there's that awkward... Odd transition period. Got news. Yep. Got news breaking. News breaking. Oh, oh, breaking news. Okay, apparently, I uh, you know, uh, William Regal helped MJF win the championship. Yeah. Well, apparently, MJF gave him the thanks for playing, get the hell out of the territory beatdown tonight. Uh oh. Which now means that Regal very well may be coming home. Well, I, you know what? Let's, like, again, we're getting sidetracked here, but that's fine. We decided we were going to call it in the ring anyway. I read over the weekend that Regal's contract, that he only signed a one-year deal. 
and that his contract with AEW was up. But then something counter, counter, basically something said, I read something like a day later that he signed a three-year deal. Well, he just got the beat down, apparently. So, yeah. No, he he nobody well, came to rescue him? Uh, well, uh, just people saying MJF turned on Regal, and now, and apparently it was of the fashion that you would beat somebody's ass if they were leaving the territory. Just sending them home? Yeah. Um, so, it, uh, yeah, he, he now, of course. Well, I mean, be- Regal left before Vince, right? Yeah. And, and Regal's been have, very, very. Have obviously, an, I would imagine, a very deep relationship, at, le- at the very least, deep professional relationship at this point. Yeah. I, yeah, I read something today on Regal. He was talking about the name because I guess he owns the rights to the name William Regal. WWE doesn't own that. And he's like, I used it with Vince's blessing. He's like, because I told Vince, he's like, look, if you don't want me to use it, I'll go back to Steven Regal. And Vince is like, nah, go ahead. So yeah. I, I I really wonder, because it sounds like he, and he had nothing but complimentary things to say about Vince. Obviously, he had a good working relationship, at least, if not a friendship with Triple H. So William Regal is one of those releases that had me scratching my head. And, and I never doubted for a minute that if the time was right, he'd come home. Yeah, and um, and just from what people have what, I, I wish, what people have uh, said about him, um, it's probably it's likely that his contract was up. Yeah. Because, I wish, why can't it work out better timing wise? It really would have been cool to see him Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but you know, but of course Triple, oh, H, Triple H tweeted out the video of him saying yeah. it. Yeah. That, and, I, uh, you know what, pal? We got Alicia. We got yeah. Alicia Taylor on the main roster saying oh, your games. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, yeah. So I'll good, take man. it, man. Because Alicia Taylor's awesome. Yeah, and um, so it, it is very possible that he could come back. And and look, and he probably did. If he if he did sign a one year deal, I could totally understand it because. I mean, he, you know, um, he's not wrestling anymore, so he doesn't right. have any wrestling reason to stay there longer. Yeah. So it's yeah. very, I could very see a situation where he said, "Okay, I'll I'll do this for a year and see how this place is," because I don't know how I don't know how any of this shit works over there. And if it yeah. if it if it's okay, then I'll stick around, and if not, then you know, uh, I'll, I'll start sending out some it. text messages. Yeah, and um, so if he's coming and back also- home. Again, who knows how his plan changed when Vince left and Triple H took over? Maybe when he left, he could have one plan, and then that happened, and it fundamentally changes things. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and look, he, and his kid was over in NXT, and and his kid it's one of and it's one of those things where you know exactly whose kid that is. Um, yeah, he looked, <laughs> yeah, he looked just like him without a British accent, and works, you know, yeah. works like him too. Yeah, <laughs> so. Um, you know, um, but anyways, that's 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 the news break in. All right. Well, let's get into one more little piece of business here as we wrap up talking about war games. We're talking going to talk a little bit of Slapgate. Uh, news came out. People, you know, of course, that's what happens with this kind of things. There was a point in the war games match where, and I noticed it, Kevin Owens slapped the taste, absolute taste out of Roman Reigns' mouth. And I was like, damn, that, I, I remember sitting on the couch going, damn, that was stiff. And, you know, of course, Roman popped him back. And, of course, you know, now the, the, the report, the news with a Z comes out that, that Roman Reigns was heated over the 
unplanned spot in the war games match and this and that. And I'm looking at him like, I, this is one of those things he would have handled either a on the spot or B quietly backstage. I, to me, this is a non-issue. Rob, what do you know about it? Okay. So allegedly, all right, the slap was not a planned spot. And, you know, afterwards, Roman thought his eardrum might've been busted. And reportedly he was, you know, he was pissed off about it. And that's all we really know. And, um, and, and he didn't, when Roman didn't come out for the little press conference thing afterwards either. And, you know, and maybe because I don't know, he, he was wasn't up for it or whatever because of what, because of that. Um, that's really all we got. Um, I would imagine that this type of thing happens more, a whole lot more than we know. Um, I mean, because I mean, it's a, they're in there, they're throwing shots and, yeah. and, you know, Roman and Kevin have worked together a million times. Kevin probably thought it was no big deal. And, and it probably wouldn't. And maybe it wasn't a big deal except for this time he caught Roman off guard. Roman wasn't ready for it. Maybe. But, well, look, I mean, you're the one that's been in the ring. I'm sure, look, this shit happens a whole lot more than we think about it, doesn't it? Yeah, it, it does. It, it honestly does. I remember I was working a show at a, a – funny enough, it was an indoor flea market. And um, I was managing Fast Eddie the Pizza – no, I, I take that back. I wasn't managing Fast Eddie. This was after Fast Eddie and I split. We'd had our match, and we split, and we were actually feuding at the time. I came out and managed this guy, Dennis, and I remember we were in the back talking about the match – Cliff, who was booking the show, said, uh, look fast, Eddie. Don't get mad at Dennis if he hits you because he can't see shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dennis was like nearsighted as hell. And he obviously, you're not going to go out there and wrestle with contact lenses and it'll be a disaster. I'm sure there are people that do it. I never would have. But yeah, and Eddie confirmed it later on on the ride home. He's like, man, he punched the shit out of me several times. But <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just you get out there, you get in the heat of the moment and Stuff happens. Like you look at Braun with uh, Brock and Kane several years ago. Braun got in the moment and he laid a couple of stiff knees in on Brock. Inexperience on Braun's part, it, but it was just one of those things. Man, he's like, I'm driving knees. I'm driving knees. He miscalculated. He hit Brock. Brock clocked him and checked him and brought him back down to earth. Stuff like that happens on the regular, and you know, most oftentimes it's handled in the back or it's handled right there in the ring. You know, you you pop a guy. And guys will tell you, yeah, I was waiting for the receipt, you know? So it, there it is, DJ. I've never worked a lick. I've done some amateur trampoline wrestling in my teenage days, but that's about it, man. Yeah. I've watched this stuff for a long time. I've read a lot of stuff about this a long time. You know what actually probably happens if, oh, I wasn't ready for that spot, and you got me right in the jaw, dude. That fucking hurt. Well... Yeah. Guess what? In five minutes, when I have you in the corner and I'm hitting you ten times, one of those is going to be a real stiff one. Sorry, pal. Yeah. That's just how it works. That's exactly you get yours, how it I get works. mine. We're done. And, and sometimes, then, but also, I think in the world that we live in, of this, you know, profanity-laden tirade that Roman was going on, I just don't buy it. As as we always do with the the sheets, we take it with a grain of salt when we say, okay. First of all, I'm sh this is what it boils down to, what I think it was. Roman got back there and was like, scratching his jaw. Just like, Kev, are you fucking shitting me with that thing? What was that, man? Like, half-joking, you know, whatever. Yeah. And 
And the other half, I, I look at it and go, okay, really? That's how Roman Reigns, who, you know, brought up in the a wrestling dynasty, you know, wrestling royalty, basically. Kevin Owens, your favorite independent wrestler's favorite independent wrestler. Do you really think that's how that goes down between that to those two guys for a slap? Yeah, no, it's no, it it doesn't. It no. just doesn't. That doesn't fit. So let me say this: if if Roman was, if he was supposedly, if he was that pissed off about it, Kevin Steen would have been walking out of the curtain tonight. Yeah, yeah. On on the root beer show. On the root beer show. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. If if he was that pissed about it, all right. That's what that's what would have happened, all right? Um, yeah. And clearly that, that's not happening tonight, so it must not have been that big of a deal. All right? Hey, as, as guys in the business will tell you, it ain't ballet. You know, even Daniel Bryan has admitted to, you know, it happens sometimes. He's kicked people too hard in that ring. And Daniel Bryan, at least by all counts, is probably one of the best professional wrestlers in the world and arguably one of the safest. But right. he's like, right. even me. He's like, I've... I've kicked dudes in the head doing my kicks. It happens sometimes. And it's, you know, sometimes it's just a miscalculation. Other times you just, you you just get caught up in the moment. And then there are rare times where the matches and fight, and I'm not saying this is what happened with Kevin and Kevin and, and Roman, but there are times when you're out there and you need some real heat. Like you need your opponent to get fired up. You need them to get legitimate. And I forget who it was. Big show and um Floyd Mayweather. You ever see the interview with Big Show on the uh, the, the Broken Skull sessions? Oh, yeah. I mean, he was talking I, about Mayweather, and he told Mayweather, break my nose. He's like, and so Mayweather punched him, and he broke his nose, and, and Big Show was like, I legit got shoot hot. Like, and he's uh, it, it, to the point where Shane was having a hold back to Big Show. Show's like, I was going to kill him, and if I had gotten my hands on him, I probably would have killed him, and he's like, but that was real. You know, and that's what we needed in that moment. We needed that heat. We needed that fire. We needed them, meaning those people, to believe in it. And, you know, sometimes you just do that. You, you, you do that for the heat. Now, whether that's what Kevin did or not, personally, I just think it was a miscalculation on Kevin's part. He reached out. He was going to throw a working punch. It ended up being a shoot slap. And, you know, I think all business was handled backstage, and this will be a non-issue by yesterday. That that business between two of the most professional professional wrestlers was a forty second conversation. Yeah, like, and may and maybe at one point during the match that we didn't even see Roman got him with a good stiff elbow or something like that. Like, right? No, I mean, at, this is at, such a mountains out of molehills. I mean, at at, be, at worst, it was a dude. What the fuck? You know? Yeah. You, you know. And, and Kevin was probably like, "Oh yeah, sorry, too much." Yeah, well, um, and you don't think about that. I think about the, the the match where Eddie and I finally wrestled each other. There's a spot where he whipped me into the turnbuckle. I popped out, and he came in and he hit me with a clothesline. And when he hit me with the clothesline, he kind of like hooked his arm, and he punched me right in the jaw. <laughs> like, and, and dude, I'll have to find the video and see if I can. Because I I cut that little spot out, and it was actually on my Instagram for a little while. It's a great bump. It's a great spot. It looks violent and hell, violent as hell. But I honestly could not chew on that one side of my face for about a week. That's how hard he hit me. 
And that's a shoot. That's that's legitimately a shoot. He he really did hit me. And I told him afterwards, I was like, uh, brother, you hit me on that clothesline. He's like, what are you talking about? I'm like, dude, when you came around, you punched me in the jaw because you hooked your arm on the clothesline. He's like, oh, sorry, man. I was like, okay, whatever. And we rode home. <laughs> but, yeah, stuff like that happens, man. And you, you just you talk about it and you move on from it. It's He didn't hit me maliciously to hurt me. It just happened in the match. And um, I mean, it, yeah, exactly. I mean, stuff no, happens. no, what it is, we there was a moment of weakness. Oh, oh, oh! Wait, the tribal chief Roman Reigns <laughs> is he back to the big dog? Can we start doing this again? Can we bring it back? Oh, can we? And because of the guy on the other end of the the fucking ring, it's Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns. What do you think the IWC is going to do? No matter how much gravitas and cachet the tribal chief has built in the last two years, at the end of the day, to these fucking bobos, it's Kevin Steen and, you know, Roman Reigns. Yeah. You know, so that's what it is. They, they, they're like, ooh, this is good for us. All right. Yeah. Well, finally the tribal chief slipped up and we're all going to run, you know, yeah, freak out nah. about it. The guy's put in two and a half years worth of good work. I'm not about to have one, let one little moment spoil the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. so, so I'm pretty good here if we want to call the go home. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I, right. got, I got nothing else. All right. Well, then we'll wrap back around the room here. I'm going to start with the host of the Rob the Genius podcast, my co-host, Mr. Rob. Awesome night tonight, Bubba. Good to see you back. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Thank you. I did. And w- one more thing. Charlotte, if 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 Hunter asks says please, we need you to come back and, and have a good match with Ronda. Um, say no. Yeah, no, stay on no, your no, money, no, man. Don't say don't say no. Say yes. I will come back and do whatever you need to do. Except that, figure it out. Yeah. Oh, I, you know what? And it, oh, this is this is one funny thing because um because even I want her back at this point, man. Come on, look, come, Charlotte, it's time. Come back. <laughs> oh, because uh, Marina Shafir was doing an interview. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah, and I saw said, that. Yeah. Um, well, we didn't have the four horsewomen versus the other four horsewomen because of the egos. No, because four horsewomen, because five horsewomen were ready for it. And yeah. four of them were WWE. Yeah, that match would have been the drizzling shits. I'm sorry. Yeah. I, sorry, not sorry. Nope. It would have been the shits. There's every reason why that match didn't happen, and none of it had anything to do with anybody's ego. I don't care what was said backstage. That match would have been awful. Yeah, and um, because look, if they did some, you know, four on four tag team match, it'd have been terrible. Yeah. Okay. And you know, and look, there would have been a record <clears throat> for the um, Charlotte Flair. What the fuck are you doing? Facial expression. <laughs> okay during that match okay i mean um and or the you know or the the sasha kind of frustrated like uh what is this um yeah there would have been a record for hey, those faces during that match don't forget you can't just do the four on four right off the rip at SummerSlam or whatever you gotta do marina schaefer versus bailey you gotta do you know the other one versus sasha a tag team match and you know all the lead-up stuff yeah. And that would have just been because I'm sorry, from what I've seen of those, they're not good. No, but um, they were in NXT <clears throat> for like two or three years. I yeah. think they had the two of them. Maybe had one actual match. Yeah. Right. 
Okay, the, the, the whole time they were just Shayna's goons. And, they and bar- do you think if if Triple H, Vince McMahon, whatever, thought that thing was at all a possibility, don't you just go, yep, full speed ahead, we'll get there, we'll figure it out. They they didn't even really try because they knew there was like, no, it would be the drizzling shits. Yeah, and plus at that point it's like, why – there's no drama in it. Like, you look at what Sasha and Bailey were and Charlotte was coming up to the main roster, and then you look at what Becky Lynch became. How do you take Marina Shafir and I don't even know the other girl's name, which is part of my point, how do you line those two teams up and and say, okay, I can make an argument that the MMA four horsewomen should go over? Like, no, they're not even, like, like, Shayna looks like a star, and the only one of those four that is a bona fide legitimate name is Ronda Rousey. Mm-hmm. So you've got Ronda Rousey, the one legitimate name against four actual names in the business. That's not a money match. No, and look, and basically, you know, um, Ronda would have got her shots in. Shayna would have been doing most of the work. And then for the finish, <laughs> one of the other two, one of the other two would have gotten tagged into the ring for the finish. And tapped out to the figure eight or the bank statement or the disarmor or whatever. <laughs> and that would have been the match. And then, yeah. I mean, who who wants that? Nobody. Nobody. I, I wasn't even excited for it when I was supposed to be excited for it. No. You know, when I the mean, internet, when, they, when the horsewomen were still just getting established and then the, uh, the MMA girls were just getting into NXT, the, the internet was doing what the internet does. And I'm looking around at this like, why should I care? Look, like, that thing, honestly, why should I care? That thing yeah. peaked when they were trash talking each other at the May Young Classic, and that's it. Yep, that was it. After that, that that <laughs> yeah, the, the the money fell out of that bag pretty quickly. So yep. All right, let me finish up my wrap around oh, here. Sorry. All right, it's all right. No, we're all good. We're all good. That's what happens on this show. We get sidetracked. It's all good. And Jason Bubble, hope you had a good Thanksgiving. I had an excellent Thanksgiving. Thank you, sir. Good, good for you. And as always, I am your host, DJ. This has been the Mindless Wrestling Podcast. Once again, a part of the Chair Shot Radio Network. You can find us as well as many other great entertainment, sports entertainment, and sports podcasts on thechairshot.com. You can call it pro wrestling. You can call it sports entertainment. You can call it whatever you want, but call it in the ring. And we'll see you next week. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. 
You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life altering. And if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.